This is the Small Moves Podcast with your host, Jason Hertzberger, episode 16. Hey, it's the holidays. Cheer up. You all know that's really not what you're supposed to say, right? You're listening to the Small Moves Podcast. Small steps for big progress. With your host, Jason Hertzberger. Your next step starts now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the show. Today, I'm interviewing Laura Jack. Laura is a grief counselor, and Laura is the author of The Compassion Code. It was a book on ways of handling grief in others. More to the point, how should you, as a reader, communicate with people who are suffering through grief? Uh, This is a message that I think is sorely missed. Um, Having gone through a few situations in my life that has triggered a little bit of grief, shall we say. I do have to admit that one thing that I tend to commiserate with um, others who have experienced similar things is the fact that the people around you, when they know that you're going through this stuff, don't really know what to say or how to say it. So we just sort of end up consoling the people around us. Um, That's not always the most fun thing to do, and it tends to affect different people different ways. Uh, This episode with Laura was really emotional for me. We sort of got into some of the situations that I've dealt with in the past and how I've handled it and just sort of some of the right and wrong things that the people around me um, did in order to help me or so some would think help me through that process. Um, I, I had a lot of, I was, I was going to say I had a lot of fun with this, but I didn't really actually. Um, this conversation with Laura, I think is actually really important this time of year because as we're going into the holidays right now, um, everybody that's out there is feeling pressured to, smile, feeling pressured to be happy, feeling pressured to just, you know, look around at all the pretty decorations and all the fancy food and just be be outwardly happy and thankful. And what you have to remember is that this time of year is tragically difficult for a lot of people who are missing someone or missing something. Um this this is a time of the year when we tend to be forced to internalize our grief and our unhappiness and not really be welcomed to express it in public. And that's something that I think needs a little bit of a change because it's not really good for anybody. Um, I do apologize. I'm, I'm struggling through this one a little bit, but the, conversation I think was great. Laura and I have a really great talk about it. She has some really great strategies for those of us that are suffering through grief as well as uh, ways that you, the listeners, can just sort of be aware of maybe some signs that people are going through that and ways to sort of handle it in a way that might actually be helpful or at the very least not hurtful for people that are suffering through something this time of year, whether this is the first Christmas or Thanksgiving that their mom isn't with them or that, you know, this is the first time in your 35 years of life that grandma isn't over there in the armchair in the corner, you know, yelling at your dad about something. And, you know, it's just something that's always been there and it's just not there 
uh, now for the first time and it's really just hitting you for the first time. I mean, that is something that is incredibly common this time of year, but we're really not encouraged societally to talk about that type of stuff. And I really would like that to change myself. So I'd like you to listen to the show with that in mind. Um, I please don't think that I'm trying to uh, be a downer for this time of year. Obviously, I would like you to enjoy yourselves going into the holidays, but um, just be aware of how people around you may be feeling and just be conscious of it and sort of select how you interact with people uh, a bit more carefully this time of year. Um, with that being said, not to, like I said, put too much of a black cloud over this conversation. I think it was a wonderful conversation with an incredible expert on this topic. So I think you'll really get a lot out of it. But I just wanted to share to share my two cents going into it and just sort of prepare you where the conversation is going to go. That being said, may I introduce Laura Jack. Here we go. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to the Small Moves Podcast, small steps for big progress. Let's prepare to ignite. Hey, Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem at all. Um, yeah, the, um, the, the audience heard about your business and sort of how you and I got connected a few weeks back um, f- during the introduction, but I want the audience to hear a little bit more sort of directly from you about what is or what, what exactly is your background? What do you do uh, with your clients and, f- you know, with your business and just sort of how, how did you get into doing those things? Like, why don't you give us a little bit of background? Sure. Well, so let's go back 10 years and I'll do a really quick (laughs) synopsis. Uh, Basically, 10 years ago, coming up in January, my mom was hit and run over by a car while she was walking across the street. And that tragic and sudden and overwhelming experience basically has shaped the last 10 years of my life. Um, and probably will shape the rest of my life in that, for that matter. Um, and at that time, it was just so sudden and so overwhelming. I did not know what to do with myself. And I had never experienced anything like that in my life. Just never experienced such a tremendous loss. And I was really at a place where I had no idea what to do with myself um, or how to proceed with my life. And so that... My mom's death, my mom was my best friend, my confidant, the person who I really relied on for everything, even though I was living far away at the time. Um, I just really had to rediscover who I was. So one of the biggest questions that I began asking myself is, who am I now? Who am I without my mom? And I've found over the last 10 years since I started working with people who are grieving, which is one of the things that I do, is that's a really common question for a lot of people to ask themselves is who am I now without this other person in my life, whether it's because of a death or whether it's a divorce or whether I'm now retired or I'm now a parent. There's all sorts of things that we go through in our lives, changes that big transitions that have us taking that step back, asking ourselves that big question of who am I now? And so that's kind of been the journey that I've been on for myself, but also it's the journey that I now support people through who are going through big life transitions, whether they're tragic, um, you know, sudden loss, or whether it's 
you know, something like a loss of identity. I just don't know who I am. Now that I retired, I don't know what to do with my life. Or now that I'm a parent, I don't know who I am anymore because I've lost my identity or I lost myself somewhere along the way. Um, so those are, that's kind of my background and where I came from. And, um, you know, I since have studied a lot of different things. I became a life coach. I became a health coach. I became a massage therapist. I became a grief recovery specialist. Um, so I've, (laughs) I've written a book, which I know that we'll talk about later probably, but just, there's so much in this, there's so much richness to all of the studies I've done and, you know, all the learnings I've experienced along the way. Um, it's just such an honor now at this point that I get to share them with people. That's great. Um, so tell me, you, you alluded to your book, which, you know, we, we linked to in the show notes. Um, before we actually get into the topic of the book itself, what, what was it that made you want to write a book? Had you, had you done any writing outside of the, the most recent, the, the recent book release, or was that your first time ever as an author? It's my first time ever as a like legitimate author. I've been blogging and journaling all my life. Um, like, you know, before blogs were a thing, I was writing in journals. I have journals full of, (laughs) full of writing from the time I was a kid um, all the way until now. So I think it's part of who I am is I love to write. That's how I do a lot of my processing also. Um, but the book, this is my first, um, my first published book, even though I've been published in magazines and, you know, written articles and things like that, but this is my first legitimate book. Got it. Got it. Why, what made you want to write this book? Like this particular book? So as a grief recovery specialist, as somebody who walks alongside people through their grief and then helps them on their journey to thriving after loss, which is, you know, all kind of in my job description, I realized that more often than not, the people who were actually reaching out to me were not the grievers themselves. So not somebody who is actually going through something, but somebody who cared about somebody else who was going through something. So I get emails and phone calls and texts and whatever from friends and family and sometimes strangers or friends from high school who I haven't talked to in 10 years who would email me or message me on Facebook and say, hey, my sister had a miscarriage. What do I do? What do I say? Or my boss is going through a divorce. Do I leave him alone or do I do I say something? Um, just questions like that. My friend just got diagnosed with breast cancer. Do I reach out to her? What do I say when I do? So all of a sudden it was interesting because while I was coaching and supporting people through grief, the number one questions I was getting was, how do I actually support other people through this? Um, and so that was why I wrote the book and the book has, is a kind of a, a guidebook to compassionate communication without burnout. So how do I compassionately care and say the right things instead of the things where you're like, Oh gosh, put my foot in my mouth. Cause I know I shouldn't have said that after it came out and without actually physically feeling drained afterwards. So, cause sometimes we stop asking the hard questions because we're not sure what to say if somebody says, I'm not so good, actually, you know, so we stop asking, how are you? And actually meaning it (laughs) because we're afraid of what the answer might be. And can we handle it? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's funny. I I remember um, something that you and I initially talked about um, back when you and I first had our our first conversation. You know, a few weeks back, uh, just sort of talking about the show, the the situation about when you're the person that's going through grief for whatever reason, you you lost a, you lost a parent, you lost a job, you had a miscarriage, whatever that particular situation is, the, it's almost like it's, it almost feels like a rite of passage that you just sort of have to, you almost have to convert yourself into not necessarily grieving right then because you kind of have to manage all of the people around you that are showing their concern to and for you like that. At least that's kind of how it feels to me because everybody, everybody, the the example that I brought up was, um, you know, I lost, I lost my mom back in April of 2016 and uh, my dad back in 2009. And I remember back in, 2009, not long after my dad died, I had a friend of mine, Jessica at the time, who had maybe two or three months afterwards, um, had lost her father and she was incredibly close with her dad. So it hit her really hard and she just kind of went into a little bit of seclusion for, for a while. But I, I, I called her one day and said, you know, Hey, let's, let's, let's get together for a quick bite to eat and just kind of chat. I've, you know, I've been through this recently. Let's at the very least have a conversation. And we just ended up commiserating on the fact that we've spent whatever percentage of our time, I don't know what it was, but it was a big one, just kind of declining shallow offers for help. It's like where you kind of get the, it's like, Hey, if there's anything, if there's anything I can do, let me know. And we're all just kind of programmed to say that. Isn't it funny? Like that, that's kind of the, that's kind of like the societal appropriate line. It's it's almost like they teach it to you in elementary school. Hey, when you meet somebody and they've done, it's like, they've got somebody that died, make sure you say, Hey, if there's anything that if there's anything I can do, don't hesitate to let me know. Like it's, it's almost like scripture. And we were just kind of commiserating with each other. We were like, where we both just wanted to answer that question the same way. It's like, sure, come over and shovel the snow off my steps, please. And, but we can't say that because they didn't really mean that. And they didn't really, it's like, they said that they would offer help, but they didn't really actually mean it. Or when they said, when they were thinking of it, maybe it would be just say, like just kind of a commiserating conversation. But when it comes to actual effort, it was like, oh, well, we didn't, we didn't really mean that. We were just, you know, you know, we meant, you know, they didn't even, they don't even know what they meant. Right. It's just something they say because it's something that we're told to say. And it's, it's so funny. Her, her and I, I mean, it it was funny, like two, two friends that recently lost parents. We were just sitting there laughing with each other about, about that reality. We were just like, what, what, what are we so like, I like, what, I, what did you say when people off answer that? It was like, well, I'd say this. What did you say? Oh, I said this. And it just, it became, it just kind of became a laugh fest because you're we like, all, all we basically ended up doing was just declining, declining offers of help because they weren't really real in a lot of cases. Right. Well, like, and I feel like in that way, I, you know, what's funny is that a lot of those people 
like that's probably the be- one of the better responses sadly is let me know what I can do like that's better than some of the other terrible things that people say to us so it's just interesting that you know like it's it's the commiseration is pretty common among grievers and you know mm-hmm. let me know what I can do to help you is it like you said it's kind of the shallow offer but it's better than at least blah, 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 like fill in the blank of why whatever you're going through is okay, which it isn't. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, well, it's like, well, thank goodness he didn't suffer or whatever. I'm like, (laughs) you're not helping. It was like, like, that's real. It was like, that's really not helping. Um, it's like, it might, it's like, and, and I, I might be totally, I might be completely being selfish here, but being like being somebody that has gone through the loss of both parents, you know, and the, it's, it's not, it's so, it's so funny because you see the same comments coming in both times and they never, and in a lot of cases, the things that people are suggesting or offering or whatever really no surprise here, never really come to fruition, you know, or it's, well, that you just made that comment because it's like, well, at least they didn't suffer. That's your way of saying, thank God. I did. Thank God. I didn't have to deal with this for a couple of years. Who's like, thank who's like, thank God. You know what I mean? It's like, that's yeah. not exactly the greatest perspective. No. Um, well, I mean, at the moment, you know, there's a couple of, there's, a couple things kind of going on in the world these days that have kind of kicked up a little bit of grief, um, in the general population, I'd say, I mean, that's getting into the time of year where we are, which right now we're getting into the big, the big holidays, uh, with, you know, with Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and whatever it is that you choose to celebrate this time of year. Um, if you're experiencing, if you're actively experiencing a loss, whether it be one that just happened or that this just happens to be the first time that like, this is the first Thanksgiving without fill in the blank, your kid, your, it's like, it's like, God forbid your child, your parent, your friend, your dog, whatever it is, like whatever it is, you know, grief, grief is grief. And this is a tough time of year. Like what's it amplified even more so with the things that have been happening in the, in this country over the last couple of months. Like what, are, what has been your experience with, I guess your start with, I guess your clients or your experiences or, you know, for in years past kind of going into this time of year, like what, what type of stuff should people sort of think about or keep in mind this time of year? Well, one, there's not actually, it's interesting. There's actually not more grief during this, the holiday season. It's just that there's more stimulus. So it's not that, you know, so much more happens this time of year. It's just that we're stimulated because we're out of routine typically. And so we notice, and these are times of year where we tend to be together with loved ones, family members, because those aren't always the same. Um, and you know, so we're usually, (laughs) but usually there's a lot that comes up because, we're out of routine. So we're not in our kind of typical day to day. We're stimulated by the lights, the smells, the sounds, the food, the whatever is coming up. And it might be, like you said, the first time you're going through this holiday without someone 
um, or in this place. Like you can always think, oh, last year at this time, this person was here, or I wasn't, I wasn't going through chemotherapy, or we weren't getting divorced, or whatever your thing is. And so I think during the holidays, we just notice so much more because it's a time of year where we tend to have all of those stimulus, like so the smells, the sounds, the feelings, the actions, and the kind of like not routine, but the traditions um, can be really thrown off and that can really throw us. And like you said, with everything else that's going on this time, like right just recently in our history and like in in the United States and North America and around the world, to be quite honest, you know, with all of our natural disasters and some of our man-made disasters, it's really just, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, there's just so much. And for some people, like it might be their first Christmas without a home and they're having, or maybe they lost everything in the flood or in the fire and they're having to rely on other people to, you know, make this time of year special, or maybe they lost their job. And so they don't have the funds to, you know, pay for their kids to get presents this year, or, you know, who knows? So there's just a lot coming up for a lot of people. Um, And so that's, I just want to address that first. So that's one, so normal to feel this way and so natural for people to be feeling um, a lot of times really down, you know, like instead of happy holidays, it should just be called holidays because sometimes they're just not happy and like letting that be okay (laughs) is pretty important because sometimes we just feel really down and really bad and, and that's, and that's okay too. And maybe finding another safe, non-judgmental person to talk about that with is really important so that you're not feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm crazy or I'm bad or I'm ruining it for everybody or I'm a Debbie Downer or, you know, people are so self-critical. I'm going through this really hard thing and I don't want to bring everybody else down is kind of a common thing for people to think. And so it's really important that we find people so that we're not staying isolated So finding other, you know, friends or finding close people in our lives or even finding a professional who can just listen and support you and let you know that what you're going through is normal and that you're not crazy and that you're not doing it wrong. Because again, this is a really, really uh, triggering time of year for people. Yeah. And I, I like how, I like how you pointed out earlier, the, the, those triggers are everywhere just because of the nature of the holidays. Like for example, I mean, I'm making this situation up, but let's say I'm in a family that, you know, it's a, it's a big family and everybody always gets together at what is now great. It was like, what is now the grandparents place, which was the parents, which was, you know, it was just, it's the same house that the same extended family always gets together at every Thanksgiving and have been for 25, 30 years. Well, you know, when somebody that like, if I had a particularly close relationship with my grandmother who lived in that house and I showed up at the house that year for Thanksgiving, I walk in and the little, you know, Paisley armchair that's been in the corner of the living room for the last 57 years, um, where every year when I walked in there for Thanksgiving and that's where grandma was sitting and did for the last 10 years of my life, you walk into that room and it's your young cousin's new boyfriend of two months is sitting in the chair now. And it's like, you almost like, and 
sometimes that, that happens and like you almost feel a sense of rage toward this stranger. You know, it's like in gr- grief manifests itself in so many different ways where it's like, it's like you miss your grandmother. You're sad that your grandmother's gone. Right. And it has nothing. To why do the hell are you? Pi- why are you? Why are you <laughs> pissed at? It's like, why are you pissed at Jeff or whatever his name is? You know, it's like, why is like, why are you is like, and now for some reason you always hate this kid every time you see him at random things and you have no idea why there's just something about him that pisses you off and you just don't know why, but it was just, you know, it was him sitting in that chair and you just, and you just kind of, you don't know. The human brain is an amazing thing. Like it, it's well, it's it, not even the be, human brain, honestly. Man- it's the human heart. You know, it's it's our heart, yeah. man. Like that's the pain. The, what you're talking about is the pain of your heart, and it translates it translates into the head to like sometimes exploding at people who don't deserve our explosion. You know, but it really comes down to the grief of the you know like that heart experience of man, my grandma's not here and she's not in her chair and this just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Thanksgiving isn't Thanksgiving because, you know, she's not over there like swatting people on the head with a newspaper when they, when they crack <laughs> jokes that are inappropriate, right. you know, it's just, exactly. it, or whatever, whatever it is, it's just that whatever those things are that we're used to seeing when they're not there, you don't, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's completely cliche, but the whole you don't know what you have until it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's like when it's like for the first time, you know, for the very first Thanksgiving that you don't get swatted on the head with a newspaper, it just doesn't feel like Thanksgiving right. and like you, you miss it. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I um, think one of the things that you're really touching on is that, you know, our grief doesn't go away just because time passes or, you know, one of the biggest things that I teach is that it's not time that heals, it's action. And it's, you know, as a grief recovery specialist, we talk about the fact that time just clicks by. You know, if you were to go and get a flat tire and you get out of the car and you notice like, oh, there's, I have a flat tire. And then you go back and you sit back in the driver's seat and you're like, I'll just give it time. People would laugh at you because they're like, you idiot, like you have to do something about this, right? But when it comes to healing our broken hearts, we're like, oh, just give it time. Time will heal. And it's the same. It's as ridiculous as filling your tire back up with air. Like your tire's not going to fill itself back up. And the reason you're pissed at that kid who's sitting in your grandma's chair (laughs) is because you still have unresolved grief around your grandmother's death, not because he did anything wrong. And so we have these explosions, whether it's road rage or violence or mass murder, because we have all these unresolved feelings that we don't know what to do with. And we're not taught as a society how to handle our feelings. We're just taught, you know what? Time will heal you, let it pass, blah, blah, blah. What were you going to say? Or whether it's even or whether it's even appropriate to try and handle those feelings. Like that's, that's the situation. That's the situation that gets me the most is when you talk to people, it's almost, it's almost, it's almost, it's getting better, but it's almost like it's still taboo to talk about that grief. Oh yeah. With anybody outside of a therapist. Cause like, like, the fact that that even talking to a therapist is something that's 
accepted and appropriate is still a relatively new phenomenon outside of New York City, of course. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's still that's still a, that's still a relatively new phenomenon for that to be okay. But God forbid you talk to you your family about it or your spouse about it or your, your, you know, your buddies at the bar about it. Oh yeah. Like, it's almost like, oh my God, just deal with, deal with your own shit. Would you just, you know, we're, we're here, we're here to talk about other stuff. And honestly, that is another reason why I wrote this book was because I wanted to give people tools to actually be able to feel like they were equipped to listen with love and not burn out. And so instead of, you know, coming up with a million things to make it better with your words, which none of them work, as we already mentioned, the several that you said, like, oh, call me if you need me, or at least they're not suffering, or at least they're in a better place or any of that stuff. None of those words fix anything. And and so my book is all about like, what do you say instead? What are the things you say or do instead of those cliche things that we've been passed down from generation to generation in order to be loving and supportive, but without feeling like at the end of the conversation, we're like, Oh, I can't believe so-and-so just dropped that bomb on me. Right. So like feeling just so exhausted by somebody else's feelings, um, you know, and so, and that's, and ultimately that's why I wrote the book because it was like, okay, guys, we got to, build an army of compassion. We got to do something about this because one, there aren't enough therapists or people like me in the world to listen. Like we all need to do a little bit better job of listening and loving each other so that, you know, it's, it's just like a safer place to live in. And, you know, you mentioned like it's, there aren't that many places. And, you know, when I teach, I teach uh, workshops, weekend workshops. And at the end of the weekend, people are like, I'm so, I'm grieving going home, even though I'm excited to go home and be with my family or friends or whoever. I'm also grieving the end of this experience because it's the first time I felt safe expressing myself in this way, maybe ever, you know? And I think that there's like, that's in some ways it's very sad because, I mean, I feel honored that I get to walk with people through this stuff, but at the same time, it's like, gosh, I would love it if there were more and more people who felt equipped to handle these questions, these challenges, these uh, feelings that people are facing on such a regular basis. Based on your experience, what is coming into this time of the year? I know I keep harping on it being this time of year, even though, like you mentioned, the, the level, the level isn't, the level isn't necessarily higher this time of year, but the triggers are higher. Um, the, like, what can people, what can people do? Let's, this is going to be a question in two parts because I, I want to ask this for the people. I, (laughs) Saying it like saying it this way is all I don't think is even appropriate, but and I'll explain why in a second. But what I was going to ask you is for people that are experiencing grief themselves or who have experienced a loss, like what are some things that they can do themselves to kind of protect themselves, or at the very least, if you can't protect yourself prepare yourself for coming into this time of year where you know that the trigger, the the number of triggers around her is going to be through the roof. And then the second part to that was for people that aren't necessarily experiencing grief, like what, what can they do specific to this season to just be more alert and aware 
of that phenomenon to the people that are around them. The reason I stopped myself for a second before I asked it that way was in reality, we are all experiencing grief in some way. We don't, we just don't necessarily know it. We aren't calling it that. (laughs) Like if you, yeah, we're not calling it that. We're calling it being pissed or we're like, if you've, if you've ever yelled, yeah, stressed or like if you've ever called if you've ever if you've ever yelled at another car through a windshield where they can't hear you, you're experiencing grief. <laughs> you might not know why or or you might or you might know why, but it was a situation maybe it's from a situation that happened 6 years ago, but you, that you just never really dealt with. So like I I was asking the question in two parts because like how do you deal with, you know, how do you deal with it as people that are experiencing grief and then for other people who are not experiencing grief. <laughs> and then you're like, wait I a stopped second. myself because no one, no one <laughs> wait a second, no one is no one isn't actually in one in one level or another, you know, experiencing grief, whether it be manifesting in active I don't want to say depression, but whether Just it's intense feeling hitting level ten. Yeah. It's like everybody's lost a grandparent. Everybody's lost a parent. Everyone's lost a dog. Everyone's lost a goldfish. Everyone's gotten fired from their job. Everyone's gotten into a car accident. Something where they've got injured. Something has, something has happened that has triggered grief or regret or anger in their past. So it's all hitting us at different levels and different layers, depending on the day and time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But trying to kind, of, but trying to kind of put it in in a perspective for, for this year, like what what can you know, what can we do about it? Like me, you know, me, I'm now. This is my this is my second go round of the holiday season of being totally parentless. Um, I lost my mom back in April 2016. Like I said, my dad back in 2009. Um, Last year was tough. Last year was damn hard. I mean, we I I spend my I spend my holidays with my in-laws almost exclusively at this point. And um for the last several years of her life after my wife and I were engaged and then married, my in-laws were incredibly gracious in welcoming my mother also into sort of that holiday fold as well. So for those last few years, it was, you know, both me and my mother sharing the holidays with my in-laws. And, you know, last year for the holidays and again, coming up for these holidays, same thing, getting together with them. And it was really like it was really tough because one would think that you know as as is with the typical marriage or the more transactional sort of marriages you've got okay this year we're doing the holidays with Mike's parents this year we're doing it with Jane's parents or this year we're doing Thanksgiving with Mike's parents and this one Christmas with Jane's parents and whatever whatever that thing is that wasn't the, that was never really the case yeah. with me like either everything i was doing was with my family or once i got serious with my wife Carrie like everything was with her family and then that merged in my mother to that process which was wonderful and gracious and loving beyond anything that i've seen and 
the first time going through that without her again, even though it was relatively short lived. Like I met my wife in 2011. I'd say we probably started doing all the holidays together in 2013. I'd say probably 12, well, 12, probably 2012. And then my mom started kind of coming into it in 2013. So it was, you know, it was only three years there that that was happening, which isn't, you know, it's not like, grandma in the armchair for, you know, 25 years. Well, it's not, time isn't really um, relevant in these but it's cases. Some, it's something. Yeah. Time. Why we always say like time is not relevant because it's like you had these wonderful experiences. So then the absence of that experience is the, is the feeling of loss. Like there's something that's not there. And so it, you know, whether it's one year or 20 years, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because it's the intensity that you felt about it. And so if you felt like, wow, this was such a wonderful tradition, I love having this, and all of a sudden it's not there anymore, coupled with the fact that your mom's not here, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's just, it's, it doesn't matter how long it's been. That's really irrelevant to your feelings. Your feelings don't care about the timeline, right? It's kind of like when people say, you should be over this by now. Well, says who? According to who? Like, that's just a ridiculous it says thing. Says who? Who the hell are yeah, you? Like, yeah, like, it's a ridiculous thing to say because... There's no timeline. It doesn't mean that you can't. If you choose, I want to move forward with my life. I want to thrive in my life. I don't want to be in this pain anymore. That's one thing. But for somebody else to tell you what the timeline is for your grief, that's another thing that is not helpful. Um, So I want to answer your question. I love that you kind of came to that obvious, your, that conclusion yourself that there's grievers and there's non-grievers. And then you're like, wait a second, everybody's a griever on some level. Um, so I think that was a funny way of that you framed that. But I also want to just, before I answer your question, I want to give you the definition of grief that we use at the Grief Recovery Institute because I think it will help people understand even more what you're talking about. Because, you know, people are like, wait, am I a, grie- am I a griever? I don't know if I'm a griever. Um, so I want to give you the definition of grief that we use because I think it's very helpful and very eye-opening. So I'm going to say it twice just so okay. we can kind of really understand. So it is... The conflicting feelings, the conflicting feelings, so not the terrible, sad, bad, horrible feelings, but the conflicting feelings that come at the end of or change in a familiar pattern of behavior. So I'll say it again. The conflicting feelings that come when basically when things change. So when somebody dies who's been sick for a long time, there might be some sense of relief that they aren't suffering. And you can feel that way internally. You don't say that to other people like, at least they're in a better place, blah, 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 because that's not helpful to them. But then there's also this deep devastation that they're no longer here. Um, For somebody who's going through a divorce, part of them might feel grateful that they're no longer in this relationship that's been suffering and causing so much turmoil in their life. And then the other part of them feels really sad because they lost their hopes, dreams, and expectations that this relationship would one day work itself out or that they would actually make it through, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years or whatever they had anticipated this relationship to be. Um, and same goes with some of the more positive milestones. It's actually how we can understand more or maybe be more compassionate towards people who grieve when good things happen. Like when you get a promotion or you have a baby or you get married, it's not that those aren't wonderful experiences or even get retired for that matter, become retired. 
it's not that they're not wonderful experiences and they should they can be celebrated, but it's also remember the conflicting feelings that come when things change. So when you have a baby, which I know you and I both have young children, the it's like it's so exciting and so wonderful and people throw you parties and they're so excited for you and you never sleep for like the first year and your life is completely different and you know it changes the dynamic between you and your partner and you know you're just you have this deep sense of love that you never had before which gives you a deep sense of responsibility and like there's just a lot of change that happens that's not bad or good it's just conflicting right and that's the true definition of grief in my opinion And that's why everyone is a griever because we've all experienced conflicting feelings, no matter what, if we, if somebody breaks up with us and part of us is like, well, you know what? They're lost. I'm better off without this person. They were a jerk anyway. Those are all great justifications. And part of you is sad because it's rejection. It's sadness. There's part of you that really liked that person or you wouldn't have been in with them in the first place. Right. So that like, that's, (laughs) Right. So that's what I want to start with is just understanding that grief is so complex. It's not just somebody dying and you being sad about it. It's the conflicting feelings that come when things change. And so that's why the holidays are hard because it's maybe the first time, like you said, that your mom's not going to be there, even though, you know, maybe it wasn't a longstanding tradition for her to be at the holidays with your in-laws but it was a really lovely tradition that you really enjoyed and now she's gone and she can't be here to celebrate with you. And that's really sad. So the second question is how do we, as the griever, so let's just talk about people who are now in intense, maybe in intense grief or feeling it really intensely in this moment. Cause you know, we go in stages of feeling more intense or less intense, you know, wait, I would uh, maybe waves rather than stages, but we go in these waves of feeling the intensity of our losses. Right. Um, so one of the things that I encourage people to do who are grievers, and I'll send you a blog post that I wrote. I have a few blogs about holidays and like what to do. Um, but I have one that's called, is there an empty chair at your holiday table? And, um, I have, five little action steps or little tips that people can use for themselves that I'll share with you now. Um, if that's okay, does that sound okay to you? Okay. So the first one is, is do something nice for yourself. Um, have you considered getting yourself a present or doing something nice for you? And so that's the first tip. I know it sounds silly and people are always like, Oh, but I don't want to be selfish. It's the holidays. It's time for giving. Well, guess what? When you're feeling better, when you are in a better place personally, which can include taking care of you, that is a gift to other people. <laughs> so. Yeah. Cause if you're, if you're not, it's like, if you're not, like you say about the Debbie Downer, like if, if you're not the black cloud that's walking around the room, that makes, that's a gift to everybody around that they don't have to deal with the black cloud that's walking right. around the room. Yeah. That, like, believe it or not, that is actually a gift. To, yeah. That is actually it a is. gift to everybody People around you. Think sure. no, like, I see oh, I'm that. being selfish if I take care of myself. But it's not. It's actually a huge gift to the people in your life because everybody benefits when you are taking care of you. So that's the first tip is just do something nice for yourself. It can be small. It can be big. It doesn't matter. But really set up something for you to take care of yourself. Um, The second one is create a new ritual. 
So this is the first and only winter holiday season of this year, right? So like, even though it's not the same as last, even though, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's the next holiday season, but it's the first and only one of 2017, right? And so how can you make this one special or unique? Play a game, go out with friends, go see a movie, bake something, do something in honor of the person who's no longer with you. So that actually goes into the third one, which is honor your loved one by doing something special that honors their memory. And that might mean create a new ritual that honors them. So maybe go around the table and instead of pretending that that person isn't there and that you don't remember, maybe talk about like what's a memory that you have of that person from last year that was really fond. Um, or go do something that they love doing, go to the zoo, go bowling, get ice cream, or, you know, do something that they, that they would have enjoyed doing with you and honor them in that way. Um, the third, the fourth one is share fond memories with people who care about you. So it's nice to reminisce with people who also knew the person who isn't at the table, who are, who remember another time with fondness. So, Um, saying someone's name out loud, as I just mentioned, or being honest about your feelings can be really therapeutic, even if you cry. And maybe that makes people uncomfortable. And all you have to do is be, and I know it sounds easier said than done, but be the educator. Say, it's okay for me to be sad. Like I'm, I'm okay. I'm just a little sad right now because it is okay for you to be sad. And so just by telling the people in your life so that they don't say, oh, don't be sad because you are. Um, just say, it's okay that I'm sad. Like this feels actually really yeah. good. Say, thanks for listening. Like, and then you kind of get yeah, I, them out of messing up. I was right? going to say like that, that, that one. Yeah. I mean, well, that, I mean, that, <laughs> that's one of those statements that always has made my skin crawl is where people will say, it's like, oh, please don't like, oh, don't be sad, which I, I know this is a term that's overused a lot, especially when talking in the world of politics, but where people will say, well, that's code for blah, blah, blah. Where like when you say this, what you really actually mean is this. But in this case, when somebody like that's something that always bothered me when people said it's like, oh, don't be sad. That's their way of saying Oh, please shut up. I really don't want to hear that right now. So will you just not right. be sad? It's basically please, saying I'm really uncomfortable like, with your feelings. I, yeah. So, so please, please stop, stop please stop that. doing right. that around me, please. Yeah. That that's yeah. <laughs> and one of the ways that we yeah. as grievers okay, can I'm combat sorry. that is by saying, you know, if they do say don't feel bad, it, just say, you know, it's okay for me to feel sad. My mom's gone. Or it's okay for me to be sad. You know, this is just my first holiday without that person, but thank you for your concern because really ultimately these people are trying, people are trying to help. They're not trying to be jerks. They just sometimes are, but it's not like coming from a negative place. It's usually just been passed down from generation to generation. And so they're just saying what somebody else said to them. Kind of, kind of like, Hey, if there's anything I can do, let me know. Same thing. Well, don't feel bad is actually the number one myth of grief that we teach is like, don't feel bad. Well, gosh, guys, we do. Sometimes we just do feel bad and that's absolutely 100% okay. And really, and one of the things, you know, I have a almost three-year-old daughter and when she cries, one of the things I say is instead of it's okay or don't feel bad, baby, I say it's okay to be sad because it is. And so making it okay for other people to be sad or feel bad or even be mad 
It's okay. It's okay. And honestly, the more we actually allow ourselves to feel into all the feelings, the more quickly and easily they pass. So the fifth and last little tip for the griever themselves or ourselves, I'll include myself here, um, is get out and do something nice for others. So, you know, number one being do something nice for yourself, the one of the best ways to help yourself is by helping others. So if there's something you can do to get out of your own head on the holidays that can give you some perspective and be supportive of somebody else, especially with all the disasters that are happening, that might be something that would be really great is go to a homeless shelter, a nursing home, an orphanage, somewhere where they could really use your support and where you can gain some perspective on your own life, not to diminish your experience, but to help you understand that you also, like while you are also grieving, there are other people out there who could also benefit from your love and support. And so I think that that, that's number five, but it's just a way for you to, you know, not always, it doesn't always have to be about us. Like the first one, as I mentioned, is take care of you first and take care of other people because sometimes that is actually a really therapeutic tool as well. So those yeah. are some tips. Yeah, no, that's great. That's really great. Yeah. <laughs> and then do you want me to still address what to do no, that, from no, that's, the that's perspective helpful. of the person who is listening? Me, yeah, I was, I, I like you reframing it the way you just did, which is for the people that are listening, not necessarily the people who are not grieving because that's <laughs> right. clearly a misnomer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, what, what, what would you, what would you say? I mean, going into the and whether that's out of sheer ignorance or stubbornness or whatever it is, like, you know, if you're not like, I'm not, like, I'm not grieving. I'm just here to, you know, to help or or to support or to quote unquote show some tough love or whatever it is to kind of bring these people, like, bring you know this guy out of this so that he can finally move on with his life and all those highly <laughs> sensitive and highly informed perspectives like that. For those people um, who know. don't know, Jason is kidding. You know, I mean, those are not <laughs> those yeah, are not helpful things to say. Yeah, um, you should be over it by now. Yes, I, it's like I, I, I am not a. It's like I am not a grief counselor. I do not play one on the internet. Um, so yes. Yeah. Oh my anyway. So one of the best things that you, as the person who's listening to a person who's grieving, can do is to acknowledge instead of trying to fix. Okay, I'm going to just let that soak in for a second. So acknowledge instead of fix. So most people, when they tell you what's going on for them, are not looking for a solution. Shocking, I know. But most people are actually just wanting to be heard, acknowledged, and validated in their feelings. So someone might say, gosh, I really miss my mom this year. You or I could potentially say that, right? And I would say to you, gosh, Jason, I can't imagine what that's like for you. And then I just would be quiet and I'd let you tell me. And you'd probably tell me, yeah, you know, mom was here two years ago and now she's not and it really sucks. And like, we just had this really awesome time together as a family when she was alive. She was really like my in-laws really graciously allowed her to be at our, at their house. And we just had these really wonderful holiday times and her absence is really hurting. And I'd say, yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Thanks for sharing. And that's it. That's all I would say. 
and I would just lo- I would yeah. just love you where you yeah. are. And then yeah, just stop. I don't have to <laughs> say anything else. And if I felt the yeah. urge to share with you that I too had lost my mom, maybe you didn't know. I might say something like, "While I can't imagine what you're going through, I do want you to know that I lost my mom almost ten years ago, and you know." It, I definitely can f- relate to the fact that this is hard. And so I never say, I know exactly what you mean, Jason. My mom died too. No, I don't know exactly what you mean, Jason, because guess what? Our parents <laughs> died in different ways at different times, at different times in our lives. They were different. We're different. Our relationships with them are different. And so therefore we can't actually understand what somebody else is going through, even if we have the exact same experience. And so, cause there's no such thing as the exact same experience. Right. So I would never say, Jason, I know exactly yeah, what you're going through because you'd be like, screw you. No, you don't. And that, and that would absolutely right. be my natural response. It's like you have no earthly, you have exactly. no goddamn idea what I'm thinking. And, no. and, and it's true. You don't because it it's drastically different. Like everybody, because everybody, like you said, everybody is in a, everybody is in a different place. And I know like some people say it's like, like one comment that I'd heard on this topic was for let's let's take a scenario let let's take a, the hypothetical scenario of okay we're coming up into the holidays and my mom died last spring okay just in my case it was mm-hmm. it was last year in the spring but whatever it's like my mom died summer it's like well so did yours so we're both in the exact same situation but in your case say your mom was your Girl Scout troop, she stayed at home and baked you cookies and took you to school and did all did all the soccer mom stuff and helped you with your homework. And like when you were, you know, 18 years old and you got yourself into the the liquor cabinet at a friend's house, your friend, you know, your mom came and picked you up and brought you home and didn't tell dad. And like all of the all of the wonderful, magnificent experiences that you could possibly imagine. And then my mother was a monster that just beat me all the time and was drunk and was never home and whatever. Obviously, this is a totally fictitious scenario. Please, everyone, know. But if that's the scenario and, bo- and both, both, of our parent, both of our moms died in the same year, you and I are going to have dramatically different oh, holiday seasons as it would relate to the loss of our and, mother. And that person who but had the, the mean mom, the one who was the monster, that also doesn't mean that they're not grieving. Like they, they're grieving too. That's exactly, that's, that's what I was just, yeah, that's what I was just about to say. It's like based on your technical definition, well, now I've been spending the last 15 Christmases of my life regretting and being pissed about the fact that I didn't have the great, the greatest mother in the world, but now she's gone and damn, what the hell am I going to think right. about well, on Christmas the, now? The, the hopes and dreams and, and expectations because now, that are now, lost when yeah. that person dies, no matter how awful they were, it means there's no hope at reconciliation. And that's a huge loss for people that they're like, why am I so sad that my ex-husband died? Or why am I so sad that my monster of a mother died? It's because we thought there might, like while they're living, there's still hope that we can reconcile. Even if it's a tiny, tiny ember of hope, it's still hope. And so that is like one of the big things that people struggle with is like, what, what's wrong with me? Nothing 
is wrong with you? You have feelings because you're human and you loved someone and they died. And even if you less than loved them, there's still somebody who you wanted to love. And therefore it's like, it's can be very devastating. Yeah. So, I mean, what would you, do you have any other ideas for the for the people that are listening about kind of going, going into, going into the holidays, knowing that you're around people that here's actually a different, different question. If you're going into the holidays and let's say you're getting together with people for whichever of the main holiday, big holidays that are coming up and you might not necessarily know that somebody in the room is grieving, like, is that something that you should try and proactively figure out like should it be like should it be on my mind if i go into a if i go into the in law my in-laws house and they've got like friends of friends that come over as well like should i should it be in my active memory that i need to think about like are there people here that are grieving should i either not necessarily seek that out or seek out trying to talk to them about it or trying to help them. But is that something that being ignorant of it, if I'm in the room and I'm ignorant of the fact that people around me are, are actively grieving, like, is that something that I should as a good (laughs) citizen, like seek out that information in some way, shape or form so that I don't, so that I don't put my foot in my mouth or is it something where, kind of ignorance is bliss. Like what, where, yeah. how, how would you handle that? That's how would you handle question. a situation so like that? So I think that? The, the answer is just, cause that's, yeah. a, that's a common one too. Cause, cause I mean, I'm a, in, on the holiday in the holidays, as goofy as it is, there's so many, there is so many holiday traditions where the, like the same people in the same family have been doing the same thing for so long. But it's also incredibly common to run into a lot of strangers during the holidays. A lot more people are out on the street. A lot more people are going to parties. Like there's always, this is the new boyfriend. This is the new fiance. This is the, you know, this is the long lost cousin who we haven't seen in 10 years that has been looking for a reason to come to your hometown to visit family. Oh, guess what? Thanksgiving's probably a good opportunity, but this person's a stranger. Like effectively, this person's a stranger. I know nothing about their background. I don't know if they were like, they were a twin and their twin just got hit by a bus a month and a half ago. I don't know. Like, but is that something that, because I've I I have to plead I have to plead plead guilty here because let's just say I'm not the most tactful human being that you've probably come across in in general conversation with strangers so it's very possible that I could say things that could upset somebody that's grieving is that is that a me problem or is that a pro, is that a situation where we should just kind of. Well, I think let so. I have a go. couple thoughts about it. Number one is everyone has a story. Number like bottom line, everyone has a story behind their facade of "I'm fine." Like there's always something that's going on with people that we don't know, and if we did know, we might be a little bit kinder to them, right? So because we don't know, and because we're not going to be like, "So are you going through hell this holiday?" Because that's just a weird thing to say or bring up. Um, I would just. 
Right. Like, are you also suffering this holiday season? Like, no, that's just not how people (laughs) engage in conversation with strangers. But what we can do is just give people a little bit more benefit of the doubt. Um, And that also means giving ourselves a little bit more compassion. So starting with yourself, just be a little kinder to yourself over the holidays. So if you're struggling, you're feeling sad or down, just be a little bit nicer to you. Don't take things personally. Like, do your best to not take things personally. Most likely, if somebody's being an asshole, it's not about you. Like, it most likely is not about you. It's that they're going through something. So if they are being a jerk to you, just give them the benefit of the doubt that they're probably going through something. You don't need to know what it is necessarily, but just be a little bit kinder. Instead of jumping to the conclusion that this guy's a big jerk, just come to the conclusion that, man... I wonder what this guy's going through. So just putting on what I call the compassion hat is the best option for the holiday season is just be a little bit kinder, be a little bit more benefit of the doubt, be a little bit more compassionate and just know that everybody has a story. And like Jason said multiple times on this call is that everyone, you know, like behind that I'm okay. Everyone's a griever on some level. So whether you know what your grief is or not, like we're all going through something. So I think just during the holidays, because people are so much more highly sensitive, because people are struggling, if we can just be a little kinder to each other, I think that would be a really great first step. Even if it just means, hey, how's it going? And then just listening to the answer or man, that's hard and acknowledging acknowledging what they say instead of trying to fix it for them. Oh, well, at least you had them last year or at least blah, 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 fill in the blank. At least is the worst thing you can really say. (laughs) So, so ultimately it's just be kind. (laughs) At least you had them in your life in the past and now they're (laughs) just dead now. You know, you had them before. I'm like, yeah. Really? Really? Did like I mean that that's exactly that's basically what you just that's as if that's as if that's exactly what you just said. It's like, well, at least you had them in the past and like is is another way of like again, code for saying is like, well, I know they're dead now, right. but at least they weren't dead in the past, right? And I'm like They're um, with you in spirit. Uh, like you know, it's one thanks? thing for somebody else to tell you that oh, somebody's with them. That. Like I can tell you, Jason, like my mom is with me every day. I feel her. I know she's with me, but it's different for you to be like, well, I, at least she's with you and be like, shut up. Like, it's not, that's, <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> right. So it's know? like, let people yeah. say whatever they want about themselves, but don't, Fill those spaces for them. Just acknowledge and validate their feelings because you don't know. Yeah, because like go, go, going back to the example of like the like the right. Jekyll, the Jekyll and Hyde moms mm-hmm. that you and I just talked about a few minutes ago. It's like it was like my mom died this past year. It's like oh well, um, no um, you know she's with you in spirit. But my mother, like if my mother was a monster, right. I'm like I don't want her to be with me in spirit. Like, and that'll just, that sets you off to a whole nother level. And like, well, even when people tell me that they're going through a divorce, I don't say, I no longer say like, oh, I'm so sorry because I don't know if I'm sorry or not. 
I'm like, what's that been like for you? Has that been hard or is that a relief? And I usually give people to a question where I ask opposite feelings. Like, is that a relief or is that, has that been a challenge? And then they'll tell me instead of me deciding, congratulations. I went through a phase like a few, like maybe five or 10 years ago where I'd be like, if somebody was like, I'm going through divorce, I'd be like, congratulations. And that's like a 50% chance, right? That's, that's true. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's at the same, it's like, I'm, it's like, I'm getting, it's like, I'm divorcing my wife. It's like, woo, I'm back on the market again. Hoorah. I'm like, well, but maybe not, you know, it's like, maybe that's not what, that's not what's going through their head right now. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. Cause I, I know one, one, you know, one thing that, that always, that I've heard other people that I've heard other people say, that's very, that's very difficult to internalize until I've gained a monicum <laughs> of maturity in my, in all my years, um, has, has been the reality that in, when you're just encountering random strangers on the street in any scenario, you have no. no idea what that person has been through. You don't know their story. You don't look like that person that you just accidentally bumped in the back bumper at a traffic light that had, that caused absolutely no damage. And they get out of the car, like a screaming banshee, like yelling at you and screaming at you and saying that, and you just write them off as like, Oh my God, this, this woman's nuts. This woman's a bitch. This woman's a, what you don't know what just happened 30 minutes earlier when they, they were just, they were just sitting in their cars. They could have been sitting in their car zoning out at the fact that they just found out that that woman's husband, that woman's husband's mom has terminal brain cancer and has two weeks to live at the same time, you know, at the same time, three hours before that, that morning in school, her, you know, her seven-year-old well, you know, went off and punched a kid in the face because he was getting taunted, and she just had to get out of a three, you know, a three-hour meeting with the principal, begging them not to suspend or expel her kid. Then gets, her, yeah, and then you, you all of a sudden come along and just disrupt her contemplative state that she was in for a second, and she snaps. I mean, like you, you exactly. have no idea what these people are going through. I mean, the, the and and. And like you like you said, I mean, even even if you know what they're going through, right. you don't know how it's affecting them personally. Getting back to like the Jekyll and Hyde mom, it's like you know how you handle the loss of your mom and how I lo- handle the loss of my mom is going to be drastically different. You know, did you know did your spro- did your be- is like did your beautiful athletic incredibly active amazing mother that was fifty five years old get hit by a drunk driver and killed instantly? Or did your 95 year old mother who's been suffering from Alzheimer's for 15 years that hasn't been able to feed herself for the last three years just finally pass away? It's a different, like your response to that is going to be different because, you know, in one case you're in, in one case, you're never prepared. The one mistake that I always hear people say and this this was my experience when in losing both both my parents because both both of my parents I was if you want to call it lucky I'll call it lucky but in in the case of both of my parents the both of my parents the circumstances of both of their deaths were foreseen um, so it was something that we saw that we knew were coming but it wasn't something 
where people like the common misconception that has always bothered me is when people say <laughs> right. that I was prepared no. for it. You can't be prepared for it. There, there's no scenario in the world in which you're okay with your mother dying. Like w- regardless of what your relationship was with her or with your father or whatever, whoever that person was, the grandmother that raised you or the best friend, you know, the best friend that you've had since, you know, you were in elementary school that, you know, dies in some tragic mountain climbing accident or whatever it is. Like you, you don't know. There's no way, that, there's no way that you can be prepared for it happening. Knowing it's going to happen soon in the future that makes you aware of it but it doesn't make you prepared for it at least that's been my experience I mean have you have you 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 know sometimes people think that they're prepared and then they're like why am I grieving so much and it's like because now they're not here like so even you know people people even say that with divorce they'll say not here gosh I knew it was coming and then the divorce papers came and I just my heart broke all over again because it's the reality, it's the reality awesome. that they're no longer here. It's not the, yeah. this fake reality that we've made up in our mind that we're like, okay, no, one day this will happen. It's like, okay, now they're actually not here. And I've had, I had a client who said like, you know, her mother was dying of Alzheimer's and basically like she was like on hospice for days and then eventually she died and she was like, you know, she's like, oh, I can't wait for her to die because the dying process was so painful. And then her mom died and she was like, oh my God, I'd give anything for her to take another breath. Like just to sit with her one more minute. Like I, it, she was devastated. And it, she was like, and then people would say things to her like, oh, but you knew she was about to die. And you were like almost wishing her to die because it was so painful to watch. Yeah. And now I changed my mind. <laughs> And so I, and that's okay. And, and I changed I my mind. And that's one of okay. The biggest takeaways that I hope people yeah. who are listening to this get is that whatever your feelings are, they're fine. They're just perfectly fine. And that's exactly how you are supposed to be feeling because that's how you feel. And so whether you think you're being selfish or whether you think anything, it's just your feelings are totally valid. And so are the feelings of every other human being on earth. We're all allowed to have our own feelings. Yeah, I. Um, this reminds me. Not. Not. There is. There isn't often a situation in a, in a, in the podcast world where we kind of go out of our way to point our audience to other podcasts. But there, there's a video that I'm going to post to in the show notes that was something that really sort of touched me um, on that on that particular point, which is um, there is a former. Navy SEAL commander named Jocko Willink. I listened to his show. It's called the Jocko <laughs> Podcast, uh, very creatively named. He, um, in, in one of his earlier episodes, he was talking about um, mm. the tough transition that service members have when they're returning home from being in war zones or overseas. And expressing in a more, in the most clear and concise language that I've ever heard of what that transition is like for people coming home, which is just simply I'm effectively saying I'm traveling to another planet. I don't know where I am. These people, these strangers that are around me, this stranger who is the person that I've been married to for 17 years, these 
toddler strangers that are walking around my house, they don't, they don't understand what I've been through. They don't understand what's going on. And one of the things that Jocko said on that, in that particular clip was that you're right and that's okay. They don't, they don't understand. One of the things that will help you heal is realizing that the people around you don't understand and accept the fact that they don't understand. We can all, we can all be better obviously. And that's what your book, the compassion code is about. You know, we can all learn to be better with the people that are around us that are experiencing this. But as all of us is something that I think all of us can learn is that we all need to realize that our emotions, our grief, our pain, our emotions, all of them, they're our own. Happiness doesn't mean the same thing to me as it does to you. Grief doesn't mean the same thing it does to me as it does to you. And I mean, that's, I think the best way that I can sort of wrap up my, my thoughts on this going into the holidays is that just realize that how you're feeling right now is how you and you alone are feeling. The people around you aren't going to get it. That's okay. And for the people that are around people that are going through, going through, hard times right now, just be aware yourselves that you don't know what they're feeling and how you think you would react in whatever the situation is that they're in right now isn't how they're going to react. How you're going to do it isn't the way that they would do it. How The way that you would cope if cope is the actual right analogy isn't how they're going to cope. And we're all different. We all need to, that, to sort of is, figure it out on our own. You aren't alone. Um, so even if you are doing it totally uniquely, we all experience common humanity, which is we all experience feelings of heartache and feelings of isolation and feelings of shame and feelings of tenderness and feelings of love. And so while we are all unique in our experiences and we do have to experience it and not have to like depend on other people to make it okay for us or give us permission to feel the way we feel, we're also not alone. There is a common humanity. We all experience a range of human emotion and that is what brings us all together. And so even though, yes, we're all doing it differently and we're reacting differently and we're experiencing things differently, it's really important to remember that you're not alone in the, in your feelings because the feelings, feelings are one of the few things at, that we have as humans that we all have. So like your CEO and your guy on the street, they both experience grief. They both experience heartache. They may experience it differently. They may cope with it differently. They may strategize about it differently, but they both experience those feelings of heartache. And that is what brings us together as humans. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, Laura, this has been a barrel of monkeys. Um, <laughs> um, I really, I really appreciate your time. Obviously, the, as as um, everybody that's listening has shown, this this was a little bit more of a somber conversation than we've usually come come to get used to in the podcast. But it's something that I think, especially this time of year, just really needs to be said because. 
taking the somewhat con- contrarian view to the holidays where everybody's happy and everybody's getting together for the parties and whatever. We all have to remember that this time of year, this is also a really hard time Absolutely. for a giant percentage of our population and that we just need to keep that in mind going, going into the holidays. Um, Laura, is there anything else that you would like to add with that? Or I'm, I think that's a really great place to, to yeah, wrap up. No, I, I have one other quick question that I want to ask you I just think, before I think we get to, before we get to that, is there anything that you'd like to add? You know, we, we say this is a somber conversation, but I just think it's an honest conversation. Um, I think this is just like a very legit conversation. And I think hopefully people can take away yeah. from it that, you know, they're not crazy <laughs> and that they're not alone and that they're doing it just right. And, you know, and those who yeah. are listening, you know, who are not in an intense period of grief, just be kind to others and be, try to be as patient as you can and try to give people the benefit of the doubt and know that it's not about you when somebody's being a jerk. Um, most of the time it's just that they have a lot of their own stuff going on. Yeah. No. All right. Um, the, the, the last quick question that I wanted to ask you, and it can be something, and you're, you're actually in a somewhat unique position. So th- this could be, this could actually be a really interesting question, uh, considering the topic, um, cause this could apply to yourself or it could apply to possibly one of your clients, um, a- as it would be somewhat topic specific. What, um, what purchase have you come have what purchase have you made in recent memory of a hundred dollars or less that has had the most dramatic impact on your life it could be something specific to what we've been talking about um something that kind of helps keep your head on straight it could be something completely unrelated just something that you do with your kids or an app that makes things easy in one area of life or another or whatever it is um, but what, what would be, what would be that one thing? Uh, that I would like say go that, get a uh, therapeutic a massage. At. That is the thing for me that I do to keep my head on straight, as you say. Um, but it's my self care regimen, um, that it just always therapeutic touch, meaning touch that is not for sexual, um, gain, uh, but rather like for healing purposes, is one of the most amazing things because as we say as a as a massage therapist we say the issues are in the tissues and a lot of the feelings that we carry around are stuck in our in our in our body and so getting a massage from somebody who knows what they're doing so therapeutic touch um, and again, this is something in New Yorkers know more about than most, but, um, I think if you live in any kind of major city or you do a, a search for therapeutic massage, you can find it. Um, but it's just a way to receive touch in a way that's healing and helpful for releasing stored emotion. Got it. All right, Laura, where is a, where would be a good place for people in the audience to find out more about you if they themselves would like to work with you or if they want to just sort of follow you or just get in touch to say thank you or if they want to buy your book like I mentioned the compassion code like what what is yeah. a uh, can you just kind of get, sure, give us of some so contact info Laura so Jack. the audience can find you if they like is the number one easiest place for people to find me um, on there they can find a link to my book there's a section in my website on that has resources um, my blog is on there. 
And so basically anything that they want from me at this point, they can find on my website. So laurajack.com, L-A-U-R-A, just regular Laura, J-A-C-K. And yeah, free resources. I have so many things. There's a seven days to thriving little ebook on my front page of my website that they can get. It's just a little mini course that they can take. There's just so much uh, information that they can get there. And so, and there's also a contact me. So if they want to talk to me or work with me or any of that, they can find that on there as well. Okay. That sounds great. Laura, thank you so much for having this conversation. This was really great. And I think this is information that everybody really thank needs to hear, especially this time of year. So thanks a lot for coming on the show. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening to this episode of the show. I hope we didn't go too far off the rails there for you and uh, get you too depressed going into the holidays. But again, I thought that this was a message that is sorely needed to be said this time of year. Um, This is not an easy time for a lot of people, and I do really hope that we can all just sort of take a moment uh, when going to our different holiday activities to just remember that even if you are feeling no grief or having no trouble whatsoever this time of year, just statistically, the lion's share of the people that are probably in the room with you likely are and are just managing it in different ways. Let's just all be a little conscious of that and make sure that we treat people with the appropriate respect if we do know what they may be going through. Um, do me a favor and log on to the smallmoves.co forward slash community. That'll take you to the community Facebook site. And also go over to my website at smallmoves.co and Take a listen to the show notes of this show. That would be episode 16. And let me know what you think about my conversation with Laura Jack. I really think it was a great conversation. And also, go don't forget to go over to Amazon and buy her book. It was a wonderful book. It was incredibly helpful to me. Um, I had skimmed it before our conversation, but I have read it cover to cover from when I interviewed her to the release of this show. And it was quite impactful for me. It was actually something that was going to be really helpful for me. So go ahead and click the link in the show notes page to go to Amazon and pick up her book. I highly, highly recommend it. That said, thank you so much again for listening to this episode of the show, and I will talk to you next time around. You've got this.